Welcome to the PEBC podcast. My name is Michelle Jones, and I will be hosting our series on phenomenal teaching. This series is a collection of conversations with various authors, classroom teachers, education leaders, and staff developers whose work has influenced the PEBC teaching framework. In each episode, we'll explore how the strands of planning, community, workshop, thinking strategies, discourse, and assessment cultivate student agency and understanding for each and every learner. Thank you so much for listening in. Today, PEBC lab host Ryan McKillop is joining us to discuss how the instructional elements of the PEBC teaching framework come together to cultivate agency and understanding for all learners. Ryan teaches social studies at North High School and has created an AP for All program to ensure that every student who is interested has access to honors level work. Ryan, welcome to the PEBC podcast. Thank you, Michelle. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Let's um, start off by talking a little bit about your journey as a teacher. Maybe you can share some of your beliefs, your journey, and a little bit about your work at North High School. Okay, great. Um, I am in my 13th year of teaching, and about eight years ago, I attended the TSI Institute, and it was transformative. Before that, I had been working at this idea that students needed to do the thinking, the heavy lifting, but I just couldn't quite figure out how to do it. And so I was planning these extensive lessons. I was identifying what the content goals were. I was creating these massive lectures with PowerPoints, with supports. And then I was planning these times for students to practice. But what was happening is that I was doing all the processing. I was doing the researching, I was doing the thinking, and I was essentially this holder of information and giving it to my students. And so when I went to the TSI Institute, I was able to see this idea that it's not about what I'm presenting, it's about what are the students working through? What are the students, how are the students thinking? How are they analyzing? How are they determining what's important? How are they asking each other's questions to synthesize evidence? And so it really flipped how I planned my lessons. I now was, instead of thinking about what, what can I do to impart information, I was thinking about what do students need to do to analyze, break down, synthesize, and create their own ideas and their own research and then what do I need to do to facilitate that? And that's where my mini lessons would come in through the thinking strategies. Um, I believe that it has empowered both me and my students, especially through this one of my passions, which is the AP for All program, um, where we are trying to get any student that wants to be in an AP class can be, and how do we support them and how are we equitable with our AP and honors classes? Um, and I think that the workshop model, the thinking strategies are the tools students can use to be successful and be excited in these rigorous classes. Ryan, I'm really excited to jump into the realm of social studies with you. Um, secondary social studies content literally is the entire world, all of its people, and all of history from multiple, multiple perspectives. And I know that with such a great content load, there is 
an inclination, like you said, to create these really extensive lectures and PowerPoints and experiences for students. But the cost of that is the teacher does the thinking and the heavy lifting rather than the students. Um, you know, mentioned that you had attended the Thinking Strategies Institute a number of years ago. And, you know, that institute through the PEBC is structured around the PEBC teaching framework, where we explore the role of community and planning, thinking strategies, the workshop model, discourse, and assessment. So when you think about your role as a facilitator of student thinking, which of those areas or components of the PBC teaching framework are you most passionate about? And that's such a difficult question. I, all of it, I was looking at the framework and it is all of it. The planning, the community, the workshop, the thinking strategies, the discourse, the assessment. Um, it's so hard to tease one strand out from the other. Thinking about how do I have community without rich discourse um, and time for student-led learning and interaction without the workshop, but how do I create an impactful workshop without planning? Um, but what I settled on is the workshop model. So as you mentioned, when I teach geography, it's the whole world. I could spend hours, months lecturing the students. Um, and what I realized I needed to do is to teach them the skills to access the information. We have, because of technology, so much information available at any time that I need to teach the students and facilitate the students what to do with that information. How do you analyze it? How do you understand it? How do you detect bias? How can they form their own stance and understand the world we live in? Um, and so I think the workshop allows for all of that and the elements fall in. Um, so when I think when I think through my planning, I first start with this idea of what, what thinking skills will the kids need? What kind of thinking do I want them to do to access not only the information I can provide, but any information they find and any information they come across on their own? Um, but the workshop also allows for me to think about what type of community do we want to work on today? What type of student learner identity? Do I want to empower the students in? Um, I think a lot of times students can feel as though they are not the, they are not in charge of their education and what they're learning. And so what skills can I teach them in order to take control in order to sort of guide and understand what they're learning about? Um, and I feel within the workshop, we can do that. I always have um, a short mini lesson, of course, based on the thinking strategies. And I think a great, great example of that is one of my globalization lessons. Before TSI, I would teach, this is globalization. These are the pros. These are the cons. And then I would have students sort of practice, um, you know, what is the case study with pros and cons? And now with the workshop model, I can teach kids, okay, today we're going to learn about uh, determining importance and asking questions. And I really want you to think about pushing your thinking and not only your thinking, but your group thinking towards this idea of the impacts of globalization. And I will give the students different forms of evidence, different graphs, different maps, different images about globalization. And they together as a community um, 
can work through that and find out their what impacts do they think are most important. Um, and during that work time, which is my favorite time, um, students, it's a time for community um, because they can build trust and interaction with each other. They have this ability to be very successful together. They have this ability to fail together, but also figure out ways to, um, we didn't get the, we didn't figure out the impacts. What do we need to do to work towards that? What questions do we need to ask each other? Do we need to go back to the drawing board? Um, which I think is a great empowerment for students to do together. Um, in addition, that work time, and I heard someone at PEB say this, it's true differentiation. I think as teachers, we think of differentiation and it's stressful. It's stressful to think about, do I need to make four or five different readings? Do I need to make different worksheets? Do I need to have this group over here, this group over here? But during work time, that is a time for true differentiation where I can walk around and I can support students with questions, extensions. I can provide um, different supports that students need, whether it's vocabulary, where it's another image, where it's another map. Um, and that allows all my students to be successful in the student work time. Um, in addition, I think students can provide differentiation for them for each other through questions, um, through discourse. And I think that's builds this idea of community and who we are as learners together. So when I think about you know, that workshop that you just painted for us, I am inferring that your desire for your kids is that they have an opportunity to actually be social scientists when they're in your classroom. You're providing data and research and sources, but you're asking your students to determine what's most important, to synthesize that information, to draw conclusions on their own. Yes, and I, and I think it's actually much more exciting. Um, students are the social scientists, especially with the class I teach, AP Human Geography, which is essentially a current events class. They are able to look at things that they see and read about in the world and figure out why, why, are, why is this happening? Why is this impacting? And through this work time, yes, they are, yes, they are focused on the impacts of say globalization for the assignment, for the assessment, but they're also given this time and this space to understand like, how does this impact me? What effect does this, how does this affect me and my family and my life and our city and our state? Um, and, it, and it's just exciting to be that actual social scientist, um, to be the explorers of the world through this questioning, through the inference, um, even through creating imagery. So I was listening to you and I'm thinking about um, a keynote that I heard from Chris Tavani talking about student engagement. And she talks about three different um, kind of aspects of student engagement that we have to cultivate in our class on, classrooms. One is behavioral engagement. That's knowing how to do school. Then there's the cognitive engagement, which is 
the ability to think and reason and problem solve. And then there's the emotional engagement, which is like, how are we emotionally reacting to content? Um, How is it impacting us at that heart level, if you will? So I think about your work in creating workshops within social studies. I think about those three elements of engagement. Your students know exactly what to do because you have the rituals and the routines of the workshop model. There's a high cognitive rigor because there isn't necessarily a right answer, nor are you providing information. Students are actually accessing that themselves. And then the opportunity to connect social studies content to current events to their own lives creates that emotional engagement. So when you think about your planning and, you know, think about your macro planning and you just walked us kind of through the micro planning of a workshop, when you're thinking about a whole unit or the whole year, what's your desire for your students? What are you thinking about as a planner or as a designer? I think I love those different um, parts of student engagement. Um, I, because I think too, a lot of times as teachers, we're, we're very focused on the cognitive. And then sometimes, unfortunately, we're just very focused on that behavior engagement. Um, and so that emotional engagement sometimes falls by the wayside. Um, but when I, when I'm planning the year, I of course plan for the content. What do students need to know? What do they need to be able to access in their background knowledge for the, for the, for example, for the AP test. Um, but I also backwards plan and I think about, um, this idea of emotional engagement. How are students going to build community with each other? How are we going to become friends, become a family, become a class on this journey with each other? Um, And oftentimes I will have my content level planning, my thinking strategies level planning, but then I will also have this emotional connection level planning. So what am I going to do today to build this group dynamic? How are students going to start in partners, just getting to know each other, chatting, um, supporting each other? A lot of times I end lessons with student shout outs to each other and then we read those out or I post them on our website or post them around the room. Um, A lot of times we, as groups, do a lot of reflection on how did we do as a group today? And not necessarily like, what did your neighbor not do or what do they need to improve? But how did we do as a group today? What did we do well? What are we going to work on next time? Um, What did someone say that really helped you? And I think that when I'm teaching just more traditional way of lecturing and student practicing and processing, there just wasn't time for it. Um, And the workshop model allows a lot of time for it. Um, And there's always a fear I won't get to all the content, but if I'm teaching these rituals and routines of thinking at the beginning of the year, uh, then I have a lot more time to dig into that cognitive engagement and that emotional engagement because students have learned what we're doing a lesson where we're analyzing different evidence. They have done that lesson many, many times. They know how to do, they know how to determine importance. They know how to synthesize. They know how to um, ask questions or monitor for meaning. And so because I don't have to reteach that every day, it gives us more time and space for that emotional engagement 
in that cognitive um, level of analysis. Ryan, thank you for sharing that high-level planning as well. I think that's really helpful for everyone to hear and be able to process that you're really balancing that tension between that really high altitude, what does the year look like and sound like, how do I want my classroom to feel, what do I want my kids to learn about, and how do I want them to engage in that work? And then you also painted a picture of how do you plan at that daily level. Ryan, you know, working with you over the last couple of years, a number of years actually, I know that you are really passionate about equitable outcomes for each and every student. And that's something that drives you as a professional. I know that in the last couple of years, you've helped establish the AP for All program at your school. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that program and the ways in which you created it? Yes, of course. Um, so as an AP teacher and as an AP coordinator, what I realized that I was passionate about is that anybody who wants to take AP can, and it needs to be open, and we need to remove the barriers. Um, as we've seen a national trend, socioeconomic status has a huge impact on who ends up in AP. In addition, we see a trend that what classes students take in middle school impacts who ends up in AP. And so we wanted to work to allow and open the doors to anyone. Um, PVC and thinking strategies have been the tools that we use in the classroom in order to empower and support and differentiate for students. Um, one of the biggest things that we realized is that students tend to not think of themselves as an honor student, as an AP student, because they haven't been in those classes yet. And how do we create the community? How do we create, how do we give students the skills to do that? And we see that in the workshop model in discourse that everyone can ask questions. Everyone can ask great questions. Everyone can determine what's important. And so giving students those skills allowed them to be successful. And then also naming what kind of thinking we're doing. We're being metacognitive about our thinking. We are creating background knowledge and how are students using their background knowledge, using their questioning, using their determining importance to access this very rigorous curriculum. Um, and we've had a lot of success. We Our classrooms are creating great community where Everyone is excited. Everyone is supporting each other. And I think a lot of that comes because students have worked together and they've overcome challenges together um, through that work time in the workshop model. Wow. So, Ryan, when I think about your work and I think about you know, visiting your classroom, I really do think that the guiding question at the PABC just comes to life. You know, in what ways can we foster agency and understanding for each and every learner. And so today you've shared so much of your mind and your heart with us, thinking about the importance of the workshop model and that structure for students to do the heavy lifting. Uh, the implementation of the thinking strategies as tools, not only for understanding, but also tools for building student agency and student ownership and control. And you've also shared with us the importance of ensuring that each and every child has an opportunity for rigorous and enriching work. As we wrap up today, Ryan, what else would you like to share with our listeners? I am just excited about the work that PEBC is doing. I think now more than ever, it is important to empower thinking. I think 
humanizing and supporting thinking, allowing people, students, teachers, in our learning groups, and our PLCs, to focus on how are we thinking? Why are we thinking this way? What are our what are our biases? What are our barriers and our challenges is what the world needs right now and what we need to do to support each other. Ryan, thank you so much. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope our time together bolstered your agency and understanding. PEBC is headquartered in Denver, Colorado, and works locally and nationally to cultivate agency, equity, and understanding, as described in Wendy Ward-Hoffer's newest book, Phenomenal Teaching. PEBC provides customized on-site professional development and coaching for schools and districts, facilitates a variety of institutes and seminars, and offers an array of online learning experiences for all educators. We also prepare new teachers via the PEBC Teacher Residency Program. Check us out at pebc.org. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. <laughs>